Dear listeners, Sai Ram, welcome to our radio series, Afternoon Satsang. This is a discussion between Radio Sai's Prem and Arvind on different spiritual topics. Every Thursday on Asia Stream, you can enjoy this live conversation. It's from 12.30 p.m. to 2.00 p.m. Indian Standard Time. The topic of today's episode is Satyam Shivam Sundaram. the life story of bhagwan sri satyasai baba and this was first featured as part of thursday live on february 20th 2014 sairam dear listeners and welcome to afternoon satsang today we are on eve of a benchmark if we can say so because today will be possibly the last episode of this series on satyam shivam sundaram well it has been a very very eventful journey so far a journey that began in the march of 2013 when prem and myself with gratitude to swami in our hearts decided that you know we should take up the life story of swami because swami's life story is his message my life is my message he says and we felt that there would be no better way to learn his message relive his message than to relive his own life story with that objective in mind with that objective at our heart for the past one year we have enjoyed this beautiful nectarine story of bhagwan shri satyasai baba from 1926 till 1950 when the prashanti nilayam mandir was formally inaugurated we still have a few more stories related to the inauguration of the mandir and after 1950 swami's mission if we can say so just went explosive it went ballistic and that is one of the reasons why prem and me seek a break from this series for we have to go back to our books go back to our research study a lot delve in a lot deeper in order to come up with a comprehensive biography from 1950 onwards welcome prem sairam i am i took away a lot of introductory time but i am sure you concur with what i say absolutely i think uh, in a sense our inability to do what we were doing so far and continue it after swami's 1950 swami's life after that 1950 shows the amount of things swami did and the number of things in which swami you know gave his uh, time and invested his time in the number of things because uh, one of the landmark things as we would uh, go through swami's life will know in the 1950s in the late 1950s the general hospital came to be mm. that was one of the major events which happened then in the 60s you have swami traveling for the first time to the northern parts of india very extensively the badrinath trip comes the swami traveling to delhi and all those places even to africa i think even to africa comes a little later 1968 right 68 so the number of things which were happening and swami was traveling swami's name was traveling swami's glory was traveling so it would definitely be very difficult to say that this is the course to show a linear direction and say this is swami's life it becomes absolutely impossible yeah and also it so happens that after the 1950s 
even if we see satyam shyam sundaram the way it is recorded it has been recorded as a series of episodes in the lives of different devotees because we can see very clearly that swami's life became the life of his devotees it's almost like that because there is so much i mean if we take up the perspective of one devotee we can see swami's life from 1950s you take up the perspective of another devotee another thing opens up so it's almost as if we'll have to read the accounts or go through hear the accounts of so many devotees because there was an explosion after 1950 after prashantinilam came up and there are so many stories to be traced and then put into a timeline before we are able to go linearly and so it is surely our inability because the story only gets magnificent and magnificent and more magnificent because that's how the lord's glory always goes in fact there is somebody was sharing with me a couple of days back maybe a couple of weeks back that it seems professor kasturi went up to swami and once asked you know mm. swami gives that split of 16 16 16 years correct uh, so according to that <laughs> you know he was asking i think sometime in the 70s he went up to swami swami what next Uh, apparently he had exhausted all those 16 years 16 yeah, 16 years of Lila 32 hmm. right so he was saying swami now what like what is the phase now and it seems swami looked at the prashantinilam mandir the time and he said look at it now because if you look at what prashantinilam looked like in the 1950s when it was inaugurated hmm. it was like a huge bungalow Correct. you know i, I remember as a child uh, in in the city i grew up in there were many bungalows like this because yeah, it is typically a, a huge mansion kind of a building and as we discussed in one of our satyam shyam sundaram satsangs this was modeled along one of the theaters in bangalore in bangalore right yes so shivaji theater right so and if you see shivaji theater also it looks like a big bungalow and so naturally prashantinilam also was a big bungalow a big house a big residence right but you know with the years there were so many modifications which came on the mandir arches were being made domes were being put up there were so many ornamentation uh, which was added sculptures So were added to the building so when swami was pointing out to prashantinilam it was not prashantinilam the building it was prashantinilam the mandir the temple the temple swami said see this is what it has already happened wow swami said it is not a mission anymore it is not uh, just somebody going out to accomplish something swami said i have become a deity in each devotee's heart so swami said that this is what it was meant to be this is what i have come to accomplish So this was what was happening after 1950 it was a blast it was an explosion and it was as a explosion always is it happens in so many directions so to give a linear narrative is so difficult and you know in the early years that is from 1926 to 1950 25 years of swami's life we have reached the silver jubilee birthday the 25 years that we have covered in that you know more than half of that time say till swami was 14 15 16 you know more than half of the time swami was not yet a godhead you know nobody recognized swami swami was treated like like anybody else you know swami was just there and therefore you know there are no accounts or narratives of different people feeling different things with him or what they experienced it is just the story of satyanarayana raju after that there were only a few who had the courage who had the bravery to venture and you know follow swami follow swami as their personal deity as their lord as their master it requires great courage when the whole world appears to be opposing you and so we had so few people who had come and their narratives 
and with those few narratives and the story of satnarayan raju itself we have been able to fill 24 satsang sessions with swami story so that gives an idea of what will happen once we cross 1950 and we have the uh, number of people in the audience being upgraded from hundreds to thousands and later on soon to lakhs also it becomes simply impossible to get a perfectly linear flow even if we want to get an approximate flow it requires great research and interestingly you know after the 1960s the number of people who came to know of swami but did not visit him physically mm. even that number was increasing yes and swami would yes. not allow them and their lives to be ordinary just because they have not physically seen swami correct you know so, uh, in the early part of swami's life it was as if the world is coming to swami after that it was swami going out to the world going out and I means his influence was not restricted to india alone people have seen him in the other exactly the opposite part of the globe as well right so so it becomes very difficult to explain swami's life by just saying what happened around him because that is not swami's story alone and i think that is what we've been doing in the other satsangs which we were, we've done you know they were not called it satyam shivam sundaram but everything is essentially the story of swami because that is what we worship him for it's not just what he did physically but what he did otherwise too you know talking about uh, walking swami's path a uh, living one's life for swami i was just reminded of this little dream you know one of my classmates he just called me today morning and he narrated it to me it felt so wonderful felt so happy so nice and i just thought it is relevant here so i'll share it you know we say that people who came in those days it was tough for them to you know follow swami because who is this young baba whose picture you are keeping at home and everybody derides you criticizes you mocks at you and yet you need great courage to say no he is our god he is our master though it is definitely agreed that it was a very tough situation then i feel there is some solace in walking the path of the master walking the path for the master you know in this dream that was the message that swami i felt conveyed which was not understood in the dream on waking up you realize the meaning of swami's words that's what always happens to us in life right most of the time we are sleeping when swami delivers the message and it is when we you know in quotes <laughs> wake up right. that we realize the import of the message so in this dream this classmate of mine he said that he saw me in a hospital mm-hmm. and i had my leg fractured and it was raised on a sling you know the way they raise it at 45 degrees and it's tied and so i am lying down there and he says that swami had come to the hospital to visit me so i was very interested because you know uh, in the past i have had two three people have dreams about me which have a lot of personal significance in my life so i always give lot of importance to swami's dreams and write them down now this boy told me when swami came close swami asked me what happened and i tell him swami i was walking to you and this happened So in the dream it is as if like I'm rushing to go to Swami and maybe I fell and had this or whatever. And then Swami makes this casual statement so easily so casually that that is why nobody in the dream actually realizes the significance and Swami says with a smile you know he turns around and there are so many students sitting there and he says to the students you know he's saying that he was walking and he fell and this happened <laughs> and Swami laughs mm-hmm. everybody laughs. And then he says Swami turned to me and said you don't worry if you're walking for swami this will never happen to you and i felt that is such a powerful message such a strong message and i feel that this is what the devotees of your 
devotees in those times in the early that is 40s and early 50s late 40s and early 50s this is what would they would have also experienced in their heart that the whole world may be against us whole world may criticize us but when we are walking for swami when we are leading our life with swami we can never falter and fall and break ourselves i mean that courage and confidence was instilled in each one of those devotees by their own personal experiences with swami and i feel though we give credit to those devotees for having held on steadfastly to swami we must also express our gratitude to swami because he is the one who gives the courage he is the one who gives the strength he is the one who gives the assurance that you walk my path i will ensure that nothing happens to you a statement which swami would often say and quoted by many of the old devotees swami would say don't try to understand me anubhavinchu anandinchu that's what swami would say experience me and and be happy you know in in the sense one of the reasons why even i felt it was wonderful to go back to swami's life and see is we are very skeptical about about ex- accepting anybody as an ideal you know we would often say that you know you have not gone through life which i have gone through you have mm. not been through the difficulties i have seen now it's very easy for you to philosophize philosophize and that kind of an attitude is very easy to get but i think even as a person we should see swami's life and see that whatever difficulties each human being goes through he has gone through much more than that you know to build one mandir the amount of difficulties which were there to even go to a school go to a fair we've spoken about that mm. in everything which swami endeavored to do swami said that difficulties are part of the plan even if it was a plan for himself and i think that is important for us as a message because we would sit and think that why should we go back and see swami's life message is the most important thing because swami's message is as much in his life as in his words exactly and that is what we've learned in seeing swami's life and you know his life inspired apparently so many people even in those early days for example coming back to the story of satyam shyam sundaram during the 25th birthday celebrations that is when the prashantinilayam mandir was inaugurated there were several musical programs and concerts being given here by some of the very very well known people of those times and uh, you know one of them was the wife of one gubbi veeranna Mm-hmm. you know she was called gana visharade jayamma gana visharade is a title sharada is the name of goddess saraswati right. that is the goddess of learning so gana visharade is an equivalent to being the goddess of learning in music and this jayamma she was the wife as i said of gubbi veeranna mm-hmm. you know all you need to do is just go and search on the internet for gubbi veeranna go to wikipedia gubbi veeranna is one of the icons in karnataka it is said that the story of karnataka theater and karnataka movie industry mm-hmm. is nothing but the story of gubbi veeranna's drama troupe okay. he started a drama troupe and when nothing as such existed in the state of karnataka it's another linguistic state region in india and two of the greatest stalwarts of the kannada movie industry one of which is dr rajkumar and today his sons are in the movies Dr Rajkumar is revered almost like a saint <laughs> by people in Karnataka because of the kind of movies that he has made you know mythological movies on Lord Krishna Lord Rama and all that he was actually a protege of this Gubbi Veerana mm-hmm. and such an iconic figure this Gubbi Veerana is and even in 1950 his wife was one of the prominent singers during the inauguration of 
the prashantanilayam mandir i mean it is so amazing and it is so inspiring because it shows the power of nobility divinity and goodness there is no limit no boundary to the power of attraction of goodness nobility and you know that is why always throughout his life we see later on swami never emphasized on advertising swami never emphasized on you know publicly announcing things because he knew the truth he knows the truth and that is what he wanted to communicate to us that we just have to be when we be it is enough others will automatically see and imbibe and get inspired that is another powerful message that we get seeing the impressive guest list for the birthday celebrations in 1950 right even we read about that another important thing which happened during this festivity which was a 10 day long festivity typically like how we have 80th birthday celebrations 75th birthday celebrations we have many artists coming and performing and i remember somebody was telling you know uh, i think it was during the 70th birthday or one of those big events when uh, one of the greatest singers this country has seen ms subalakshmi Mm-hmm. you know she went up to swami and she requested and begged swami swami please give me a chance to sing <laughs> she is a bharat ratna right mm-hmm. and uh, swami told her no see the schedule has been fixed and you know there is no place <laughs> there is no slot because understandably these are schedules which are fixed many many months before and apparently i think she would have become free during birthday celebration and she would have uh, died for the opportunity of coming and singing in front of swami and uh, swami said see everything is booked there is no place she said swami one song in between two singers even one song is enough i mean imagine the icon of carnatic vocal singing she's she is referred to as saraswati by some of the you know artists who are performing now she coming and begging song goddess saraswati you yes, mean yes goddess saraswati mm. and she coming and pleading with swami you know that that was how valuable a chance to sing in front of swami was and it was so even in 1950 as you saying somebody like gopi viranna and we spoke about ram lakshman the brothers mm. who were very famous then In fact I think Ram Lakshman's niece wedding was performed during this time isn't it there exactly. was one more event which happened that's what that was a great blessing for I think her name was Damila okay and Damila she was the niece of Raman and Lakshmanan BV Raman BV Lakshmanan and uh, Swami blessed her saying that he would perform the wedding and uh, it was such a great honor because it was the inauguration of Prashantilayam it was Swami's 25th birthday and also her wedding In fact Swami himself materialized a Mangal Sutra and huge crowds had gathered in Prashantinilam you know apart from Ganavisharada Jayamma that we spoke about there was a Nadaswaram concert by the Karukuruchi Arunachalam brothers for whom you know Swami materialized rings and chains so a lot of this was happening and amidst all this to get the greatest honor of Swami performing the wedding and you know when Swami performs the wedding it was such a spectacle often in the weddings the main ceremonies are done by a very elder in the family right and the priest now here is swami who at times was younger than the people getting married that was the case when kasturi's daughter got married yeah we we discussed that right so swami was so young and yet yet his presence was so commanding because you know swami is adi ananta he is ageless he is eternal and in those times that eternal nature of swami would be seen where his mere presence would surcharge the whole atmosphere and forget an important vedic pandit or a priest people would get the feeling that you know the supreme lord has descended for the wedding and it was not as if 
there was a lot of grandeur there was a lot of wealth there was a lot of splurging that used to go on no nothing only swami's presence and swami's presence would make everyone feel as if they were witnessing possibly a sita rama kalyanam in heaven that was the kind of effect swami's presence had and that continued and continues even to this day there's something magical about swami's presence now during this wedding the mangal sutra you know that is the main thread that is tied around the neck of the bride in order to symbolize her union with the husband it has a thread and because swami had materialized it every tom dick and harry you know every ramanna shamanna gopanna if you can say so in indian parlance he wanted to come and touch that mangal sutra and pull it to the eye and it's a very it's something very sacred and held in great sanctity and that evening the mangal sutra thread is missing just vanished and everybody is so upset and worried and that is the times when swami comes and you know he discourses them on the importance of preserving the sanctity of the mangal sutra it is so holy and so sacred and he says that's it you know face the consequence this is what you did so it is gone unlike in most of the cases where he rematerializes it and you know gives it he doesn't do it this time but still the the golden pendant which is part of the mangal sutra is still safe there and that is what is tied around the neck of the knees of raman and lakshmanan and that is how that wedding also got conducted during the uh, 25th birthday celebrations and talking about uh, the marriage ceremony i think one of the one of the ceremonies which swami is very fond of for very good reasons is the sita ram kalyanam and uh, I, i don't know how many times i've heard swami himself narrate that incident of how sita and rama get married and that was the reason why there was one particular devotee in that gathering mm-hmm. her name was saraswati bai from madras and she was actually renowned for doing that uh, harikatha of sita ram kalyanam the musical rendering yeah, musical of the rendering of the whole thing where they would sing verses from the original ramayana they would sing some songs related to that event and then describe the whole event it's a very elaborate thing and we've seen it being performed many times in front of swami and suddenly swami looks at her and says why didn't you come and do the sitaram kalanam and uh, she says swami i don't have any of my accompanying artists i think uh, they were supposed to come and it happens that they don't turn up for the event yes they were supposed to have arrived and uh Swami has actually indicated to her previously that you should perform the Sita Rama Kalyanam perform in the sense you know they do it even now you know during the birthday times i think it on the 18th of november before right. the rathotsavam right. the Sita Rama Kalyanam is performed because i guess Sita Rama Kalyanam has a great inner meaning right prem right and the lot of uh, explanations which are given to that mm. one thing which is said is about uh, that particular incident which swami narrates when sita is trying to garland rama and rama does not bend mm. and lakshmana comes and you know performs a pad namaskar to mm. lift lakshmana uh, rama bends and sita puts you know there is one significance about that very very profound they say it typically sita stands for prakriti or nature mm. or, or the manifest part of the divine mm. and rama stands for you call him atma rama you know he is supposed to be the divinity itself so then they say prakriti cannot reach out to god in its native state so then they say lakshmana is supposed to come and fall and lakshmana stands for sukshma buddhi you know that incident which swami often says that he points out uh, rama and lakshmana have a dialogue when surpanaka comes to attack okay he just shows one finger and four finger and he understands what rama is asking him to do so he actually stands for sukshma buddhi all the so, intellect hmm so the essence of that is for you to actually reach out to god 
your intellect has to bow in front of the divine your reasoning should surrender itself to god that is the first step then god will come down to lift your reasoning and that is when you can actually merge with wow divine. what what beautiful significance that is you know uh, because we find this clash often happening you know when we go too much into reasoning we just don't seem to be finding god or finding any meaning out of anything we just are unable to understand god that is why swami often says don't understand experience and enjoy you know i like this uh, statement it just occurred to me and i often use it in different talks mm-hmm. the problem with us is we are irrationally rational we are irrationally rational and the solution for that is we have to be rationally irrational here and there you know because there are some things that are beyond us we just have to accept that and then you know that is what is meant by the intellect or lakshmana bowing to rama for some of our listeners who might be unaware of this story which swami narrates with great joy possibly in one of the satsangs later on we will play swami narrating the story swami says that rama is an ajanubahu a very tall person and sita is short and when sita has to get married to rama Rama is not even looking at her eyes or looking at her because he says till married I will not look at any woman because every woman is like my mother and so Rama is not ready to bend down Sita is not able to reach up what do we do you know it is typically the case as Prem beautifully said about a prakriti or creation not being able to reach out to the creator and the creator not ready to you know uh, lower his standards at that time the intellect when it surrenders that and is actually, lakshmana there, there is another small incident which happens before that huh. it seems again rama looks at lakshmana okay and signals to him swami says that rama is actually indicating to lakshmana to raise the ground okay yes 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 swami narrates that yes right. because, because he is adishesha adishesha who is supposed to be the ruler of the nether world again it's like a non verbal communication you know looks at lakshmana and asks him to raise and lakshmana also gives him a meaning look which means that if i raise the ground then along also, with sita along you see that you also go up yes so that is Again, not a solution you know the solution of intellect reaching out is not an option it's exactly. almost a inner significance of that intellect can never uplift you to the level of the lord and therefore the only thing uh, lakshmana you know knows he does that he rushes and falls at rama's feet the intellect surrenders at the lord's lotus feet and that time rama himself bends to uplift the intellect uplift lakshmana at that time he is at a level where sita can reach and she quickly garlands and as swami says it there's applause in the whole hall everybody is so thrilled with this beautiful narration narrative and this kalyanam rama sita kalyanam is often narrated as symbolic of the union the merger of prakriti and parmatma the creator and the creation the ultimate goal of every jiva every life form and it is no wonder that swami even from those days has been giving a lot of importance to sita rama kalyanam in fact this kalyanam is performed like a wedding like a wedding between sita and rama in temples even to this day and as i said earlier on the 18th of november before the rathotsavam this is in order to awaken in everyone a desire that this is the ultimate goal of life and this is what i should achieve ultimate merger with the lord and as you said no wonder how many times swami has narrated this how many times this event has happened so that was the reason why you know when prashanthanilayam inauguration was happening swami wanted the sitaram kalyanam to be 
perform there and those uh, artists were right had not come had not come yes so she came and said swami i wouldn't be able to perform because my accompanying artists have not come and what does swami do swami comes there and randomly from the crowd he picks up one 20 year old boy okay tells him something and asks him to go on the on the stage then again picks up another elderly middle aged man and asks him to go up to the stage and another young girl is also picked up hmm now this is just from the gathering and each one goes and takes his place next to his or her place you know one becomes the mridangam player one becomes the violin player and the other goes for the accompanying singer they supposed to be a following singer and it is only later they find out that actually each one of them is an expert in that instrument who oh, the 25 year old boy is boy a proficient a violinist violinist the 45 year old man is a proficient mridangam player. player and the girl is actually <laughs> a playback singer wow wow <laughs> and that is how the the performance goes by the harikatha is done the sitaram kalyanam is done and swami also gets the sitaram kalyanam performed there you know with idols as you said we have the rathotsavam which actually has that sitaram kalyanam event happening we had it even this year the 18th of november every year that happens and then again swami materialized a mangal sutra for that event so that you know it could be tied around the idol of sita Interestingly this was a very weird looking Mangal Sutra which Swami materializes it's actually plain on both sides there's hmm. nothing no inscription there is no image of Swami or there is no uh, image of Rama in it or anything like that it's like a typical Mangal Sutra which i think is used in marriages so that was performed and then after the marriage ceremony was over Swami gives that Mangal Sutra to this Saraswati bai hmm. who's performed this thing and Swami says it's for you and then Swami says oh there is nothing on the on the pendant So Swami takes it back, holds it for a while, and then gives it back. And when Swami gives it back to her, on one side there is an image of Swami, and on the other side there is uh, an inscription saying that Saraswati Bai Hari Katha in Peshanti Nilayam. <laughs> wow, wow! <laughs> Made very, very memorable for her. You know, just perfectly for uh, that occasion. <laughs> you know, Prem, as you narrated this, two thoughts came to my mind, and you know, possibly we can take a break after those. Maybe we can play that. song sita raman kalyanam chudda murarandi if we located in our archives but in the meanwhile you know two thoughts that as i said that came to me one was it is not the first time that swami has done this you know on an important event swami just comes and picks up some people to accompany an artist mm-hmm. and i have also seen that i'm sure you also remember when for the famous world famous blues singer dana gillespie mm-hmm. swami would pick up a sitar player Right. and that sitar player was uh, is none other than uh, our colleague sai prakash from the studios and like that a tablist a singer you know just randomly and even i remember begum parveen sultana she stopped coming to puttaparthi with her accompanying artists because all the accompanying artists would be provided by swami so ever since i mean you know as you narrated how swami did it for saraswati bai i just thought on numerous occasions swami has done it for so many new singers and while that time swami picked up rank strangers this time he picked up students of course for swami there's nobody like a rank stranger because he is the indweller in every heart so that is one thought that came to my mind the other thought was regarding the sita kalyanam dear listeners you can read about this in the prashanti diary of radio sai uh, the entry for the date 2nd of march 2010 if i remember right it was the festival of holi the festival of colors and one of the reasons uh, that is given for the celebration of holi there are several reasons 
from the mythology and one of the reasons is it is the day of a wedding of rama and sita if if i am not wrong and incidentally or not incidentally purposely the state of bihar and jharkhand had actually planned a drama a dance drama which would culminate in the sita rama kalyanam on the 2nd of march 2010 swami was sitting on the dais and he was on the wheelchair and he was watching the entire program and as he was watching the program you know in the middle we had seen this you know once or twice swami would want to visit the interview room go to the interview room and come back and sometimes he would get vibhuti packets to give or right. whatever but swami would make these trips to the interview room so that day during the program swami asked to be taken to the interview room and he was wheeled into the interview room and as he was wheeled into the interview room the children you know were in a state of flux they did not know whether they should proceed with the uh, drama right. or the program or should they stop but they had no choice because the cd uh, it was uh, fully done on a cd pre-recorded right. cd and the cd kept playing from inside so they had to continue and the sita rama kalyanam took place you know janaka coming and uh, bringing his daughter sita and uh, it was done it was hardly about 2 minutes but yes rama picks up the bow breaks it into half and then uh, he is wed to sita and that was supposed to be the final part of the okay. presentation after that they all came together a final song and song got over One minute later, Swami comes out of the interview room. Mm-hmm. He comes and he sees and he says, "It was so beautiful, and you know, I remember so vividly because I was, by God's grace, sitting within earshot of what Swami was saying." And Swami says, "Oh, all have gathered for Sita Rama Kalyanam." Mm-hmm. And Swami was so happy just saying those words, you know, Sita Rama Kalyanam. And he says, "Okay, let the proceedings begin." You <laughs> know, the children were at total loss. They did not know what to what to do. What do you mean by proceedings begin? Mm-hmm. So Swami looked towards me I went to him Swami said this is Sita Rama Kalyanam right tell them to start So I went and I I went to the one of the central uh, the heads of Bihar and Jharkhand state and I told him sir uh, I think Swami wants to watch this Sita Rama Kalyanam happening again so please do it Then he told me that the CD has to be played from inside you know we don't have the control here so because the audio control used to be in the bhajanal right I went to Swami and I said Swami the CD has to be played from inside because you know it was all in front of Swami I said Swami I'll just go and inform them to play the CD then this will be done again Swami said no 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 need of that CD wait so what do we do then Swami tells call Janaka tells take your daughter and go back he takes Sita and he goes back mm-hmm. it was towards one side Swami gets the whole setup arranged in the center okay and now you know there's usually that agni the flame around which the wedding is right. ceremony is conducted there was no wedding flame here so swami told to place the bow itself the bow which rama breaks mm-hmm. in the center it would function as the wedding flame then swami said okay rama enters from this side so as swami said rama entered swami said now sita should enter from this side with janaka janaka escorting her and janaka was escorting her and then swami said you know rama was wearing a dhoti and sita was wearing a sari so swami said now in order to Uh, show that they are symbolically wedded his dhoti and her sari must be tied together mm-hmm. okay now but now who will do the tying you know because according to the tradition king janaka should not tie and you know i cannot tie because i am so out of place there i am in my whites and this is the whole whole thing in costumes so swami says an elder should tie now, who is the elder swami called that state president okay <laughs> told him go and tie that mm-hmm. and then 
even as that was tying you know i remember swami looked at the vedam group and said start chanting the veda chanting began oh my god what a beautiful scene it was the veda chanting was going on and then you know i am getting goosebumps even as i am narrating it and uh, the elder went and tied that now swami said now go around that bow okay. because that was supposed to act as a fire go around it three times you know so rama leading sita they walked around and then swami said now all the elders must bless the couple and so all the elders from the bihar and jharkhand state organization were called <laughs> in into that block in front of swami and they you know offered their blessings then swami said now rama and sita should sit they sat on the throne swami said you know chala santosham it was almost as if when i see rama sita rama kalyanam i am so happy it is almost as if when i see the jeevatma become one with the parmatma i am happy because true happiness is union with god and in that happiness swami told the bhajan group now start bhajans and then he told me get your camera and swami went and you know he was there with rama and sita he didn't allow them to get up he went and uh, posed for pictures along with them it was so beautiful and that was the first time i was witnessing you know swami's interest in the sita rama kalyanam and i am telling you swami was so completely involved in it and he took on the role of everything you know the person who is conducting the marriage the person who is getting married because rama and <laughs> swami sai rama and finally the person who is celebrating because it is a merger of the jeevatma with the parmatma an unforgettable day of course dear listeners the details are all there on the 2nd of march 2010 prashanti diary you can read it for yourself so prem you know as you were narrating how swami conducted the sita kalyanam in 1950 i was reminded of a sita kalyanam that swami performed 60 years later in 2010 unforgettable and thank you for kindling those beautiful memories so i think a perfect way to end this narrative would be to play that song which swami himself sang in venkatgiri oh know, where swami sang that kalyanam chutamara randi the song says come let us go and witness this holy union between sita and rama because this is the union between the jeevatma and the parmatma and it one indeed requires the merit of thousands of lifetimes in order to witness a spectacle like this let's get inspired and get thrilled by this song kaiya namutu tamurarandi kaupalya tanaini kaiya namutu tamurarandi ಮಣಿ ಸೀತೆಯಟ ಸೀತಾರಾಮುಲ ಸೋದರ ದೇವಟ ಚಿರುನೌ ನಮನ ಕ್ಷೇಮ ಮಡುಗು ನಟ ಕ್ಷೇಮಯಡಿಗಿ ನಮಲಕಿ ಕಪದುವ ಕದಲರೆ ಕದಲರೆ ಬದಲಿಕ ಪಲುಕ ಕಲ್ಯಾಣ ತನ್ನ ಮಗುವಿಂತನ ಗಾರ್ಲಟ ಪಿಲ್ಲನ ಗ್ರೋಹುಲು ಬೇರಿ ಮೃದಂಗ ಮುರತಮುಲು ಗಜಮುಲು ತುರಗಮು ಮೇನಕ ವಾರಿ ವೆಂಟ ಕೊನೆ ವೃತ್ತ ಕೌಶಿಕು ಕೌಶಿಕು ವೆಂಟನೆ ವೃತ್ತ ಕಸರತುಡು ಕಸರತು ವೆಂಟನೆ ಮಂತ್ರಿ ಅತ್ಯದ್ಭುತ ಮುದ ಆನಂದ ಮುಗ ಅಯೋಧ್ಯ ಎಂತ ಯುಗದಲ್ಲಿ ವಚ್ಚು ನಟ ಕಲ್
<laughs> that was that beautiful song and wow that energy and that really you could see swami's excitement in in singing that song wonderful that was a recording which was done in venkatgiri and talking of venkatgiri we've spoken about how uh, the raja of venkatgiri came to swami i think it was in the late 1940s 49 yes right. at coffee estate sakamas exactly. house in bangalore and after that the raja himself comes when the construction of prashantinilam is happening and actually this is a very important phase because a very very important devotee has actually stepped into this narrative of swami's life 1950s was a time when swami had a lot of engagement with this family of the royal family of venkatgiri mm. because swami made a lot of trips to venkatgiri lot of devotees important devotees who came to swami like how many came to swami through swami's stay in sakama's house lot of devotees came to swami through swami's visits to venkatgiri we spoke about bv raman and lakshmanan bv raman and lakshmanan who, who had a lot of uh, engagement with swami even during those visits in fact in this song what we heard kalyanam chudumarandi right. people who were following swami were raman and lakshmanan raman and lakshmanan and uh, shri tirumalachar he the was composer a composer of the satyasai suprabhat right he was actually a poet in the royal court of venkatgiri a lot of devotees came to swami a lot of foreigners also started visiting swami when swami was there but to know what it was when swami went to venkatgiri you know what was the joy of these people who hosted swami for so many days i think we should play that's uh, at least a small part of that interview which we had with uh, mr sairam yachendra exactly you know he uh, happens to be the grandson of the raja of venkatagiri okay. and uh, what he told was simply out of the world so mind blowing and beautiful in that one and a half hour interview that we had with him so possibly not the whole interview but a part of the interview for the next 20 25 minutes maybe it gives us a flavor it gives us an idea of how life was when swami visited venkatagiri and this is early 1950s so it is with close to our uh, narrative range and it is so beautiful to listen so dear listeners we felt that it would not be complete without giving a flavor or taste of venkatagiri before we conclude the satyam shyam sundaram series temporarily so here it is you can hear it directly with the nectarine flow that sairam yachendra uncle has and first years uh, still my father and uncle mm, on madan gopal krishna he is the official photographer mm. for all this he has taken hundreds of photographs and uh, they used to say that uh, once uh, swami built the prashant nilayam mm. uh, i think his father and uncle both of them were they, they said swami not even 100 people are coming why did you make that huge bhajan hall then he laughs and said he said idiots <laughs> you know you have to see me from the other side of chitravati they all said swami is simply you know sort of joking with them in couple of years the hall was full people were waiting outside <laughs> and later on it became shanti vedika for all the festival then of course purnachandra you know very well hillview stadium and mm. <laughs> beyond mm. all that 
because half the people used to be from vengadigiri <laughs> the first uh, in these uh, things i should inform swami used to go in a um, palanquin they used to carry him <coughs> in vengadigiri in parthi in parthi ha huh? on the four streets and once uh, uh, i don't want to name but Hmm. they drew a he buffalo inside the crowd oh to disrupt the procession uh, disorganize you know and then take a little <laughs> happiness out of that <laughs> and then uh, one man called damodar hmm. he used to be he used to work for us he is a is called gada his nickname gada means like a pole hmm. so he is is a very tall and uh, absolutely no way i don't think he can leave and lift a dog for that matter this a huge buffalo it started running he just stepped up and held the the horns of the buffalo just pushed it they said landed 30 feet it's not hurt but, hmm. you know and then walked away oh 30 feet 30 feet it it flew in the air swami was smiling all the time you know where the strength came from mm. and the other incident is uh, some other religion people they wanted to do bit of a galata with the ladies mm. <coughs> i think they must have come from the surrounding area youngsters uh, misled uh, fellows when swami went and told swami they were there waiting small group of them to disrupt again this is another time uh, Palanquin Seva, Seva, and they say Swami has become sort of uh, the Anjaneya, the Vugra Anjaneya. Angry. Uh, he, some twenty feet, Swami has in front of everybody. Grew in size. <clears throat> in size, many of them sort of uh, fell unconscious, unable to bear the sight, sight. of Anjaneya. Swami in the form of Anjaneya. so looking at this that's why from a distance that's why i think he grew that high they all ran so immediately swami has become very normal the procession has taken place this they used to talk for uh, months and months after that hmm. all these are in the 1940s uh, 50s 50s okay. 1950s then uh, then the Uh, annadanam used to be there mm. i think in prashantanilam itself this my father recalls very vividly mm. tremendous amount of uh, uh, clouds very dark cloud threatening with lightning thunder and all that so the you know what we call in telugu gaadi poya mm. you know the hearth correct so if it rains how to cook the food Mm. <coughs> they make a small hole and keep the this thing on it Wooden, and light huh. the fire and get wet if it rains they went and told bhagwan uh, going to rain heavily like this or they went and said like this he waved three times absolutely and just round the prashantanil mandir prashantanilam and probably puttaparthi also there was not a drop of rain but beyond that in fact my father says chitravati was in uh, spate oh it was in floods 
<coughs> but Prashanthi lives, so, you know, when Swami does this sankalpa, who can? <laughs> so, all, all these are when Swami, they used to visit Puttaparthi. Parthi. This all in Parthi. Yeah. How would we Swami's schedule Swami, Swami, in Vengadigiri? Uh, in Vengadigiri, I recall the moment, you know, the... I used to mistake it for the excitement because, uh, you know, Swami, the Lord Himself is coming mm. and uh, by His grace, you sit next to Him and then He talks to you and you talk to Him and all that. But apart from this excitement, there used to be, now I, you know, sort of understand there is some sort of a, a divine Ananda insight. Only now, of late, when I recall all those moments, you know, something under underlying this excitement, Swami is coming, Swami is coming, oh, it's six months since I have seen Swami, Swami is coming here. There's something, it's like many of you would know, Swami would call, interview, and then you will sometimes you will take little time. Hmm. You can hear Swami talking to somebody next to the door, and then you know Swami anytime now. It's one mm -hmm. second, two seconds, mm -hmm. two minutes is going to enter. Then how the the flood of light and ananda comes in, mm -hmm. you know. That characteristic smell of Bhagavan mm -hmm. pervades. All this used to be there. <laughs> Only now I understand, not in those days. And uh, Swami is is used to be palace is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. So Swami, by His grace, uh, one quarters was allow, uh, allotted to Bhagavan. Rather, He allots it for Himself. <laughs> and then uh, there's a bhajan hall and uh, uh, big big halls. And one hall now is converted into a photo gallery. Mm. This Madan Gopal uncle has taken a lot of photographs. So year by year, yes, yes, put them on. 1951, Three, four times he would get up and see what Swami is doing. Hmm. Swami would be looking at the, uh, you know, at the ceiling with the eyes open. Not sleeping. Not at all. And he asks, uh, he asks my father, I know you are trying to test me. Hmm. Uh, you got up three times. <laughs> 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 and then uh, they will go for their bath and all that. Swami. Uh, bathroom used to be right next and next to that is the dressing room mm. and then one side is a big hall where uh, when Swami wants a table tennis table would be arranged Swami sometimes would play the table tennis uh -huh. that's the famous picture of Swami holding the Correct. bat mm. that's in that's right adjacent to Swami's bedroom it's a huge uh, hall um, and then uh, Swami will have uh, you know brush and all that come and he'll have his coffee those days Swami used to drink coffee mm. and my grandmother will bring it and uh, she'll give it 
and then Swami. This will be around what time, Uncle? I mean, so I what time Swami would get up about like? I think around Swami, you know, never sleeps. Correct. So, yeah. You know, huh. getting from the bed. Uh, uh, I think probably 536 mm. 536 those days this omkar nagar sankirtan and all was not mm. I mean suprabhatam and all subsequently only tirumulacharya wrote he wrote it in Vengadiri in fact oh is uh, is our telugu teacher oh tirumulacharya was your telugu, telugu teacher. teacher in 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 the palace before mm. we went to uh, school then it became Ramasharmagaru from mm. my ninth class to SLC, that is 11th, mm. <laughs> 9th, 10th and 11th. And then Swami will have his uh, bath and all that. Uh, in the dressing room you have the mirror on the, attached to the table. Once I have seen Swami only wearing the vesti. Mm. I still, it's like yesterday and uh, Swami, water droplets clinging on to the back. Mm. Swami standing in front and uh, trying to comb his hair. Mm. And all the brushes made out of uh, plastic will break. Oh. Swami's hair used to be so stiff. So finally they found out that plastic is of no use. So they made it into a uh, steel mesh uh, brush so that it, it won't break. And jokingly you would ask how is it is my hairstyle. <laughs> so how was it? Was it like a halo or was it parted when he? In the beginning days it is uh, parted. Okay. That is, that I don't recall. I, I see Swami only the full, that I think for 54, 55 it became, you know, the divine all around is. So that day when you saw him, he had come fresh from his bath. That, uh, that is, I think, with the, with the hall. Oh. <coughs> I must be in my eight, seven years, eight years. He had a good physique, right, Swami? Oh, oh Swami's shoulders are like wrestler's shoulders. Very yeah. strong, very broad. So Swami walks, you know, like Devi sometimes. He becomes a Devi. But, uh, you know, shoulders, my father used, used to massage Swami. So, that mm. uh, is absolutely like a wrestler, very strong, very well defined, you know. And then uh, um, my grandmother will say, grandfather will all come, Swami, it's already 7.38 o'clock, breakfast, breakfast, I have to keep on telling him, then he would consent. Mm. <coughs> then he would sit on the mat on the floor with the mat on top of that in the dressing room, one, one side of the dressing room where the Breakfast is served, and the Swami used to like one dosa with the holes in it. Set dosa. Set dosa. Uh -huh. uh, with the what's the groundnut uh, chutney. Okay. And that especially it used to be made by one Chalamma. You know what a great soul she. Is. Swami would ask for that. <laughs> she was a cook. <laughs> no, she was our distant relative living in some other house. So she will bring it mm. to Swami. That I have seen many times, you all must have seen. Swami puts his fingers at the lunch or dinner and then mixes. Mm. And you would think that the hand, you will hold it, uh, the morsel. So we assume psychologically that Swami would put it in his mouth. When mm. he brings it to the mouth again, he'll put it back. So eat very little, even in uh -huh. those days. Very little, very little.
and how how come so we are such a good so it is basically for our satisfaction so many things are you know this thing 10 uh, dishes are kept and all that uh, but you said he had such a strong oh, body uh, that the way the, the elements get from him <laughs> once he said <laughs> absolutely right you know like that then uh, he'll come to the bedroom then mm. he'll sit in a, a chair a standard chair and then he'll have his coffee and the beetle leaves and one uh, the chunnam we call it in, in telugu we call ah, chunnam yes. that used to be pink in color uh, very strangely i think it used to be get from madras from some company swami would do it himself and then swami would set talk whatever you want ask something so that is the gala time starting Mm-hmm. not much philosophical explanations anything but it's basically it's a swami making you laugh laugh and laugh nobody would believe people who have seen in in the 2001 2002 3 and all that uh, swami when he was in the early days it's a continuous laughter oh. continue i think many of the boys also know about this in they say bundavan it is like that mm-hmm. Uh, continuous laughter and uh, i'll give you an example once uh, then he would narrate many stories and he said uh, once he went to karnataka some place and then he, he spoke uh, in kannada mm. swami says i spoke in a very mellifluous uh, musical kannada people were thrilled then you know what said, my father immediately said no swami then he said you know that is lingayat area hmm where you are not uh, supposed to even say the vishnu's names are hari name ha huh? only hara you know they all wear i think uh, i'm Rudra. not very sure uh, you see that and then after they are very happy i started in kannada they are all thrilled and you know what i did no sorry then he said i started go in the krishna jay Oh. not realizing it is govinda they are taken by bhagwan you know the divine personality they all saying go krishna <laughs> go krishna ji <laughs> and we all the way he said it you know i mean we all fell down laughing swami himself with his legs down on the cot he was sitting on his cot mm. he fell down and laughed Um, and then then the the final part of it is before they realized they said something which they are not supposed to say a proscribed word govinda hmm. swami got in, into the car and drove off as though it that made us even more laugh you know the way he said it i had to come out <laughs> ah. i mean for a minute he'll make you forget is the divine the everything is in his hands but he says as though is escaping running away <laughs> and then uh, bhajan is uh, normally at 11 o'clock not mm. exactly at 11 maybe bit early bit late and things like that so he'll send us to get the bhajan group ready so that they will all come So in bhajan group you said it was ram lakshman uh, ram lakshman and uh, later on uh, bivi raja reddy and the local bhajandar group mm. 
all that sometimes uh, we have the saptatantri seturamaya oh uh-huh. i used to play violin with this seven strings so that's why it's called saptatantri hmm and i think he came party also many times so in murugabhupati if i remember right is the he is also very famous uh, karnatak musician he is mrudangam and all that they all assemble and then they say swami would say start you know with the ganesh uh, bhajan will start and then swami will come and swami used to sit on a thick mattress of one foot hmm. almost and one round uh, pillow like thing would be kept i don't know what you call it in hindi in telugu also pillow for putting his foot on uh, no for, for, for some to lean on at uh, uh-huh. one part of the you will like this it will be because there is no wall swami okay. is always a cylindrical pillow cylindrical pillow swami would sometimes uh, sit like mostly would sit like this thick mattress is covered by the varanasi zari sari golden Sorry. silk sari mm. silk sari swami would sit and you know there are no timings uh, it goes uh, uh, as long as uh, bhagwan wishes approximately like 12:30 uh, 12:30 also mm. sometimes it's those days it used to be one kirtan one bhajan mm. uh, bv raman lakshman they sing one kirtan and then raja reddy will sing one bhajan mm. so it's sort of an alternative Uh, and you had mic system or it is no 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 mics nothing no this the time the recordings were made with the grandig spool uh, you know tape recorder you know huge huge spools with one mic only <laughs> <laughs> and this goes on and then aarti is taken those days uh, it used to be pavana purusha sai sai it's, it's a It's a Kannada uh, Harati song. And little later on it became... Uh, What are the wordings, Uncle? Maybe if you can... Uh, Sankara Rupa, I remember. Okay. Huh? Uh, it, then it became for some time in the mornings it used to be Sankara Rupa. In the evenings, uh, uh, this... Uh, Pavanapurusha. Pavanapurusha. Sita Jana Kava, Sarvesha and all that. Uh, mm. And then this is another very beautiful... Um, Sankara Rupa, Sajjana Vandita. సాయి రామ నమోస్తుతే నిర్వీకార నిరుపమ చరిత సాయి రామ నమోస్తుతే లైక్ దట్ ఐ థింక్ ఫోర్ ఫైవ్ చరణంస్ వర్సెస్ ఆర్ దే అండ్ దెన్ ఇట్ ఇస్ నాట్ ఓం జై జగదీశ్ హరి నో నాట్ ఎట్ ఆల్ ఎవ్రీబడి సమ్టైమ్స్ యూ వుడ్ గివ్ ఇంటర్వ్యూస్ ఇన్ ద బజన్ రూమ్ దిస్ ఎ స్మాల్ వాస్ దేర్ ఎనీ ప్రీస్ట్ ఆర్ సంబడి హూ వుడ్ గివ్ ఆర్తి ఆర్ హూ యూస్ టు గివ్ ది ఆర్తి వన్ గోపాలయ్య priest you do the to swami first and then most it is swami's uh, photographs very rare photographs mm. uh, swami sitting on that lion skin must have seen uh, a meditative uh, pose yes that and shridhi baba sitting on a uh, on a stone you know mm. very early photos of all all those things and of course rama krishna all that will be there and then uh, swami sometimes would call you know devotees for an interview also there hmm. and swami used to go to every house devotee's house in vengadagiri in vengadagiri hmm. and the funny thing is uh, my father and uncle would go up to the, the entrance of the house because being rajas and all that uh, they won't enter inside the house oh. <laughs> so bhagwan himself going the chakravarti of the chakravartis <laughs> 
<laughs> because the caste system <laughs> not caste system they are working for us so we shouldn't enter their houses oh. sort of you know the superiority complex mm. bhagwan himself goes and uh, he goes to one gurunadam teacher mm. house and he said i want to teach something they mm. had absolutely no money mm. swami manifests a 100 rupee note they he rushes outside get something for bhagwan to eat most probably fruits and offers to swami swami eats many houses swami went i, I remember many of they are all still devotees of bhagwan of course so all that and uh, there is a st- story also i think when uh, when father went uh, tirumulacharyar has gone to his native place i think somewhere near palamaner if i'm not mistaken somewhere around that area mm. so he comes next day in a horse drawn tonga from station he going to his house and swami says namala bai is coming oh uh, because he used to put very prominent namam uh, namam uh, and then swami they, they all these people who are listening couldn't follow what swami is referring to mm. and then swami next day he comes uh, he is ramakrishna devotee even in those days he was when meditating he used to levitate hmm so tirumalachar tirumalachar so, oh. so the first instance it has become he has accepted bhagwan as bhagwan straight away you know and then of course suprabhatam came much later he wrote hmm. suprabhatam and uh, so he will go for lunch and as usual eats very little and he will ask all the children to take namaskar go and come at 4.30-5 o'clock mm. so we do the full namaskar in the when we came around 8 o'clock we have a namaskar and going back we have a namaskar mm. in the afternoon we come around 4.30-5 we'll have a namaskar after dinner Swami would ask us uh, you know it's already time 8.39 you go back come tomorrow and then you know from then to 4:30 uh, swami would take rest after no mm, uh, for about 1 hour 1 and a half hours mm. uh, there's a time uh, all these uh, devotees will come and sit the senior devotees tirumalacharya i think you know sometimes mm. sometimes swami just uh, relaxes there you spoke about one one incident where you know swami from his toe he had manifested vibhuti ah this is uh, from swami's bedroom to the bhajan hall it's about 100 meters mm. uh, in the middle you have three steps and then he has to climb go to the bhajan hall while coming back to bhagwan's uh, bedroom he had to climb down mm. so after the bhajan swami in the middle uh, step he went into a trance hmm. so those days uh, you know uh, i think it's my father and my uncle who held swami and slowly you are not supposed to touch him and uh, shift his positions and things like that those mm-hmm. very strict instructions when he goes into trance into a trance <coughs> so you have to wait till swami comes back hmm. i think suddenly his right toe left toe, i'm still under you know which it uh, split open and ne- nearly 60 70 kg of pink vibhuti has come 
like uh, it uh, like uh, water comes from a water hose hmm. so fast and furious and in the in the uh, vibhuti uh, there were some diamonds swami said distribute to all including diamonds mm. Mm. so whoever gets it in that uh, you know his is praptam mm. he'll get it so this is another very great uh, incident happened but uh, till now we don't know why swami did it you said he 60 kilograms said, of yeah, from swami is 5253 body <laughs> <laughs> Pink vibhuti that to maybe from Kailash this is also in 1950s 50s 50s mm. 50s because by 60s uh, swami started giving um, discourses in the evenings and he will take us to the outings mm. and like the picnics or you know i remember many of them a uh, very funny incident is that uh, with the uh, peace corps volunteer one american came his name is stanley terrell uh, he al- he also came just to uh, i think see the fun probably mm. uh, so swami after you know enchanting all of us with his divinity swami said looked at him and said i was also present i remember this he said what do you want Hmm. I think um, I don't think yes uh, understood not, not that we understood also but not even little we have that also he didn't have so I think kidding he, he told Swami I want Mercedes hmm Swami nodded he said and is uh, the two uh, group members in that peace corps which stayed in Vengadiri for one year two years or something they visited two years back so i was asking how stanley uh, when they visited our house hmm. i asked uh, how stanley do you remember the incident uh, swami said uh, asked him what do you want he replied i want mercedes and hmm. they they were stunned they forgot this incident then only uh, my words uh, i think triggered, made yeah. them triggered and they, they recollected yes yes and they said do you know something hmm He said his wife's name is Mercedes. Oh. Okay. He went back to US and married a lady called Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> so can you imagine? Mm. What he casually asked and he wanted something and so he gave it to him. So asking something casually with Bhagavan is not advisable. No, no, no. Never you had it. This was during a picnic. Picnic. Hmm. <coughs> It's called Isuka Tota. That means, uh, uh, you know, garden of sand. <laughs> There's another picnic, Jinkalabhavi. There, uh, this is another very rare miracle Swami has done. Hmm. Sri Ramachandra Murthy came from the sky. Instead of, uh, you know, all that landing or Swami making a heap of sand and something coming out of that, which is his normal. Mm-hmm. we saw the light coming from the sky and it landed in with with uh, with a sound of uh, you know gala 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 sound oh so everybody is wondering the first time even people like m- my father uncle mm-hmm. all that they have seen like this and it came into bhagwan's hand that is sri rama 
വിഗ്രഹം ഫ്രോം ദ സ്കൈ ഇറ്റ് കേം ലോ ദിസ് ഓൾസോ അനദർ വെരി ഫേമസ് ഇൻസിഡൻറ്റ് and that is uh, still kept in the pool idol my mm. mm. and then he gave many idols like that for worship and another incident uh, this is in prashanthanilam why very strangely this is not recorded neither in satyam sivam sundaram nor in any of the books on bhagwan mm. this is exactly what happened to shiddhi baba Shiddhi hmm. Baba left the body for three days, you know, Mahal Sapadis and all that. Hmm. Swami left the body here in Prashantinilayam. Prashantinilayam is under construction. Mandir is under construction, not finished. So it must be in the 50, 1950s. Yes, early. yes. Late, late 50s. Late 50s. Late 50s. And only B.V. Raman was there present. The singer. Mm-hmm. So, singer. So he had to lock Swami's... Uh, keeping bhagwan's body in a room i think in swami's bedroom mm. and locked it and he had to go to penukonda so that he will send telegrams to doctors to to all the devotees because swami is gone oh he started trance mm. oh there's no breath yeah no life sign at all Mm. so by the time you know the telegram event ran literally got a cart and all sorts of things reached penukonda sent to the kuppam kuppam people to vengiri people few people in bangalore mm. uh, some people in chennai and all that he sent telegrams he came back like mahal sapati was sitting god to swami's mm. body but i think second day or third day swami came back into life by the time my people and all reaches for me was sitting on a heap of sand okay. they all rushed in front of mandir they all rushed to swami said no no it's all right and my father and my uncle and all they say certainly from that day onwards swami's fame spread the entire india first and then the universe uh-huh. and uh, of course swami never said why what how or anything but that was like some landmark ഗോപാല ഗിരിധരി ഗോപാല 
साई गोपाला 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 गिरधर गोपाला गोपाला गिरधर गोपाला गोपाला शिरडीपुरीश्वर साई शंकर परतिपुरीश्वर साई शंकर साई शंकर साई शंकर साई शंकर साई शंकर गिरिधर गोपाला गोपाला गिरिधर गोपाला गोपाला साई गोपाला शिरडी गोपाला साई गोपाला साई गोपाला परति गोपाला साई गोपाला साई गोपाला साई गोपाला गिरधर गोपाला गोपाला गिरधर गोपाला गोपाला शिरडीपुरीश्वर साई शंकर परतिपुरीश्वर साई शंकर शिरडीपुरीश्वर साई शंकर परतिपुरीश्वर साई शंकर साई शंकर साई शंकर साई शंकर साई शंकर गिरधर गोपाला गोपाला गिरधर गोपाला गोपाला साई 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 गोपाला गिरधर गोपाला गोपाला गिरधर गोपाला गोपाला गिरधर गोपाला गोपाला गिरधर गोपाला गोपाला that dear listeners was the conversation we had with mr sairam yachendra you know it only uh, comes to show there's one point which he made in that which you know really sets me thinking he said many of these incidents which he was narrating actually he did not f- feel the beauty of those incidents when it was actually happening but today when he recollects when he thinks back he says that the bliss which it gives me now and even as he was saying that the way he was choking and he was not able to proceed it brings the importance of treasuring even the little things which are associated with swami which we are going through in our life isn't it exactly prem because you know swami has always emphasized on the fact on the truth that more than the chances that are given it is the pining for those chances and the way you treasure those chances that is more important and therefore you know dear listener satyam shyam sundaram is not a story that is completed say in 2011 with the mahasamadhi of bhagwan because 
Satyam Shyam Sundaram has always been written in parts. Part one has a flavor. Part two has a different flavor. Part three has a different flavor because each phase, each stage of Swami's avatar is so different. And so this post 2011 is another new part of Satyam Shyam Sundaram that is being written every moment as we breathe in. And therefore, it becomes so so very important that we give that importance. to those magical moments that swami is bringing into our lives and we put in those efforts to record them maybe photograph them if possible or audio record them or write them down because we never know we never know how the story builds up to how the linkages come in and when the linkages actually come in let us not miss them because we forgot to record them and even that beautiful mercedes story which he shared you know just to think of it uh let us say lord rama was the king and just as we were saying how many people have performed in front of swami there would have been millions of people singers and musicians who would have performed in lord rama's presence i don't think we know even one of their names but we know of tyagraja who came so many millennia later and because he gave importance to lord rama he gave his entire life to rama we remember him and his poetry even today and we have heard swami himself sing his poetry you know what greater validation for a devotee for, than that you know that that itself shows it is not what aspect of swami's life you have had a chance to take a bite of it is like how much of your life you have been able to give to god and how much importance you have been able to give swami in your life take that mercedes example that you said prem you know uh, sairam uncle was saying that he remembered it and asked which means the actual seeker of the mercedes had forgotten about that episode and he was refreshed in his memory by what he asked just imagine if sairam uncle too had forgotten that episode and then this beautiful leela of bhagwan would be lost forever so any casual statement in the physical form in a dream in a vision nothing is to be you know written off lightly at the same time don't you know don't interpret it in the way you feel is right I- imagine at same mercedes example if one had thought that years later this guy will be driving a mercedes car how wrong would he have been in his interpretation so the one who gives indications is swami the one who gives dreams visions and the inspiration is swami and the one who will make us understand when the time is right is also swami so let us make effort just to be true and honest in our recording not bothering too much about what does it actually mean does it mean this that is not left to us because when the time is right for us to understand swami will make us understand as of now let us just focus on recording and treasuring these experiences these different uh, ways in which swami blesses us so that if not us at least the future generation will be able to relive this and see a connection if it exists by then and enjoy it swami was once uh, talking about the mind you know that's when he said there is nothing you can do about the choices you make or there is nothing about you can do about your emotions because they are all vasanas swami says because they've been built over so many births you know then the question comes then you cannot do anything in your life you cannot make any changes in your life if you want to lead a nobler life you want to you want to have be a peaceful person you want to be a person of good temper nothing can be possible swami says the only starting point which you may have a control in the least is to seek satsangam it's to seek the company of the good and then swami says sat is only god and to keep thinking about god to keep reading about god to keep yourself in the company of god i think this satyam shyam sundaram or the life of swami of the life of any divine personage of shirdi baba of rama of krishna i think 
the joy of keeping your mind occupied with their stories is the first starting point for achieving any spiritual grit and that is why shravanam is the first point the first step in leading to atmanivedanam so dear listeners with the fond hope that you have enjoyed this one year series that we have been blessed and privileged to be part of with this we will bring the temporary curtains down on the satyam shivam sundaram but before we do that just one final little story prem you know i remember reading the story in my third grade in the moral uh, science textbook mm-hmm. in that there is a story of this man old man who is digging in his garden planting mango saplings and somebody comes and says uh, old man what is it that you are doing he says i am planting mango saplings he says for what he says when they grow they will give juicy mangoes and it is for that reason that i am planting them and the person asking the question laughs at him saying that you know you are so old now you can not be assured that you will be there to enjoy the fruits of this mango tree when it yields them actually and the old man just smiles back and says young man throughout my life i have had many many mangoes none of them were from the trees that i planted they were planted by somebody else if everyone had thought like this i would never have enjoyed mangoes it doesn't matter who enjoys the mangoes i am just assured that somebody will enjoy the mangoes and therefore i am planting the trees it is with this kind of feeling i think we should treasure our experiences with swami we may think that what is the use i mean nobody may i mean it doesn't make sense now swami gave me a vision it is like this but it doesn't make sense now how do i benefit from this till now we have benefited so much from different people sharing their experiences which makes sense to us now when swami said that you know there'll be 1 lakh people here imagine if people had not recorded swami saying that and putting it down because at that time it felt so nonsensical how could it ever happen how could how could people be there till the chitravati that was preposterous but then it came true and today looking back at what swami said then and seeing how it is today we are able to appreciate though the people who actually heard it are no longer physically alive to enjoy it in the same way experiences that we get in our lives when we record them sincerely and honestly the future generation too will enjoy those sweet fruits just like we have enjoyed the fruits of the previous generation i think that should be an inspiration for us also to record and become part of the satyam shivam sundaram so dear listeners on that note we bring this satsang to a close and as arvind was saying temporarily bring the satyam shivam sundaram series to a close but of course we cannot speak of anything here but swami and whatever we do here is satyam shivam sundaram the life and the message of swami we will package the same in a new a new heading and right. new title <laughs> <laughs> so we seek swami's blessings and guidance to what we have to take in the future episodes to come and of course you could be the instrument through which swami decides to tell us what to do and uh, if you have any suggestions you can always write to listener at ritusai.org you can if you have any suggestions you can pass it on to us we offer this episode and all the episodes we've done on swami's life and swami's lotus feet and with gratitude filled hearts thank him for this opportunity and seek his blessings thank you jai saidam Sairam you just heard an episode of a radio series afternoon satsang this is a discussion between radio sais prem and arvind on different spiritual topics and the topic of today's episode was satyam shivam sundaram 
the life story of Bhagwan Sri Satya Sai Baba. This was first featured as part of Radio Sai's Thursday Live at 12:30 p.m. on February 20th, 2014. We hope you enjoyed it. Your comments and suggestions are very important to us. Please mail them to listener at radiosai.org. Thank you and loving Sai Ram from Prashant Nilayam.